0: Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Bible in Order, where we are chronologically going through the entire Bible in one year. Today's reading for September 18th is Ezra chapters 1 through 3. In the first year of King Cyrus of Persia, in order to fulfill the word of Yahweh spoken through Jeremiah, Yahweh roused the spirit of King Cyrus to issue a proclamation throughout his entire kingdom and to put it in writing. The first year of King Cyrus of Persia. Some scholars would say that was the year 559 BC. And some would say, well, this is actually talking about after he overthrew Babylon, not just when he became king. And so we're not talking about 559, we're talking around 538 or so BC. There's a little bit of difference of opinion, but it doesn't really matter. It doesn't change the storyline. During the exile, nearing the end of the Babylonian exile, Cyrus becomes king and he begins setting the captives free. God roused his spirit not only to make him king, but also it seems as though he has really given a heart to serve God, and he is partnered with God to get the people of God, back to the land of God and to rebuild the temple. Reminds me of Proverbs chapter 21 verse 1. I believe it says that the king's hand is in the heart of the Lord. He directs it like a water course wherever he pleases. Friends, we all have free choice. There is free will. And yet, God's plan will not be thwarted we talk about the determined will of god where he is determined it is going to happen such as the return of jesus christ when jesus came the first time when god created the world when god has a specific plan nothing is going to stop it from happening and there is a day of reckoning coming for those who are wicked Everyone will stand before him. The scriptures tell us that every knee will bow, every tongue confess, and no one is outside of the realm of subjugation under God's mighty hand, not even the king of a pagan land. You see, down in verse 5, the family heads of Judah and Benjamin, along with the priests and Levites, everyone whose spirit God had roused, prepared to go up to rebuild Yahweh's house in Jerusalem. Of course, you guys are Bible scholars, and you know that this third temple that God is building currently across the world is made up of living stones. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5 says, You yourselves are like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. We are a spiritual house of the Lord, and God is rousing his people in this time to build up a spiritual house for him. The temple of God has been laying in ruins throughout much of the world, in our cities today. And it is time that we get our stuff together, that we let God's Spirit rouse us so that we get our houses in order and that we cleanse ourselves of all impurity so that we can be fashioned together. In addition to being purified, we need to be sanctified. And In addition to being sanctified, we need to be built up and we need to mature. There are three aspects to it. We need to become mature so that we're not offended by everything that takes place around us. We need to become marked by love for one another so that we can be unified. This is what God is doing in this time. Chapter 2 gives us the genealogies of the, at least the names of the different households of the people who are coming back. And some of them, in verse 59, were unable to prove that their ancestral families and their lineage were Israelite. And then, a few verses later, some searched for their entries in the genealogical record, but they could not be found, so they were disqualified from the priesthood. And some might say, well, that's not fair. But, maybe it's not fair, maybe it is, but the thing is, it's important That God preserved for us an accurate genealogical record so that when the Messiah did come, we're able to document and know for certain that he is from the line of David of the tribe of Judah, and that it shows us that we can trust the prophecies that said he would be the lion of the tribe of Judah and all of the others, so that we can trust that God is a God of his word. If only we were more like him in keeping our word. I believe that's another thing that God is working on us for. In chapter 3, they set up the altar on its foundation and offered burnt offerings on the morning and evening for the morning and evening on it. And to Yahweh, even though they feared The surrounding people. We are coming into a time right now where, just as those people who, when they were rebuilding the temple and they began offering sacrifices in spite of their fear, in spite of the retaliation that might take place by and from the people around them who didn't agree with what they were doing, it was more important for this remnant who was coming back to the land to obey and honor their God than it was for them to bow down to the wishes of the people around them. Friends, we are coming into this season now where we must, even more than ever before, be less concerned about the reactions of the people around us and more concerned about the heart of our God and what He is calling us to do. Fear is a normal thing. The spirit of fear wants to hold us and keep us from doing what we are called to do. And it's a thing that every person has to go through to overcome that fear. And there are a couple very practical steps that we can take to overcome our fear. One is to renounce that spirit of fear, to cast it out and to cast it off, to tell it to leave, to say out loud that the devil is a liar and that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but one of power and of love and a sound mind. The next practical step is for us to go to the Father and say, God, I am scared. Help me overcome my fear. I know you're calling me to do X. I want to do it. I want to honor you. And yet sometimes I feel frozen by fear. Father, help me he might just give you the spirit of power and love and a sound mind in such a tangible way that you're able to overcome the fear. Just keep in mind that courage is not the absence of fear, it's doing the right thing in spite of fear. Friends, when we overcome our fear, there's tremendous satisfaction and confidence that comes from it. So let's overcome our fears together. Let's encourage one another. Let's inspire one another. Let's do whatever it takes to overcome our fears. We come to this curious verse at the end of chapter 3 in verse 12. Many of the older priests, Levites, and family heads who were who had seen the first temple wept loudly when they saw the foundation of this new temple, but many others shouted joyfully. The people could not distinguish the sound of the joyful shouting from that of the weeping because the people were shouting so loudly and the sound was heard far away. Sometimes when God does a new thing, the people who saw and experienced the old thing that God had done think the new thing doesn't measure up and it causes them to be discouraged. The younger crowd who's never seen God move in a powerful way before, is ecstatic that God is moving in a powerful way. Can you relate? Friends, often God is moving in a new way. We have to be very careful that we are not so focused on the things of the past that we miss what God is doing in the new season. So I pray that I, along with you and all people everywhere, would have eyes to see what God is doing, that we would have ears to hear what God is saying, And that we would have the discernment to be like Jesus and do only what the Father is doing. My friends, thank you for being on this journey with me. God bless you as you seek him. We'll see you tomorrow.